0: On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, it's 1989. Grab your Walkman and let's jam. Hello, everyone, welcome to Light episode number 57. I am E and Candy or EBC. And uh yeah, it's been a while since I've done a light episode. And this light episode is extremely late. Uh we'll go over all that stuff in a bit later. But things I have been up to. Uh I played uh what Co 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 Colana. I don't know how to pronounce the name, but it's on the Game Boy Advance. Uh pretty cool game. Definitely Difficulty curve towards the end is pretty dumb, but it's actually a really fun game. I uh, don't know much about the franchise of this series at all, first time I ever played the game. But I definitely want to check out the other games in this series. Uh, I've been playing Kirby's Return to Dream Land, so the re release of Return to Dream Land for the Switch. Uh, I've been playing a lot of the mini games as I haven't been streaming nearly as much as I wanted to, so the story has been put on hold. Uh I did Platinum Hogwarts Legacy finally. Uh so that's been shelved now. Obviously Wow Classic. I don't play well nearly as much as I used to, I still sign in once in a while for the raids. Uh I've been playing I well, I briefly played Mario Kart for the Game Boy Advance. I did the 50cc for it. That games controls like the the maps are really good. I like the racetracks and the maps. But the controls, man, are tough, especially when you're used to playing the newer Mario Kart games where you, like, drift, and you can control your drift. Man, the GBA is another beast in itself. Um, but the, the, the tracks are very good. Uh, I've been playing Mario Party GBA as well, too. I don't understand... Mario Party on the Game Boy Advance. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to understand how it works. But it's not like a normal Mario Party that I've played before. So I'm trying to figure out how that game plays. Uh, On top of that, I've been playing Mario Golf on the Switch. Uh, I typically do the online uh, play for rankings and whatnot. Uh, And I've been just playing the Game Boy on the Switch, so... A month or so ago, if you have a Nintendo online subscription, you have access to Game Boy, Game Boy Color. And if you have the expansion pack to the online subscription, you have access to the Game Boy Advance. Um, I played Kirby's Dream Land. I played a few others just to see how they kind of played. I've been playing a game called Alone in the Dark uh, for the Game Boy Color. It's actually a pretty interesting game. Uh, I'm kind of lost in it right now, but it's actually pretty fun. Uh, but that's really all I've been up to for playing games. Um, I guess I want to try and finish Kirby soon. Um, I want to get into some of the, the long play stuff again. It's just been really busy. But uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, instead of covering a game, I know a while back that uh, Moe and I talked about kind of us in general like who we are but i wanted to go back and have a game boy or like retro game um retrospective from the eyes of me uh growing up in the 80s and 90s so with that we're going to take a bit of a short break and we come back we're going to talk about everyone's little favorite handheld the game boy Welcome back, everyone. So, the Game Boy was released uh, April 21st, 1989 in Japan, July 31st, 1989 in the U.S., um, and September 28th, 1990 in Europe. Other countries got it as well, to around 89 and 90 as well, but for the sake of the podcast, we're going to cover the three main countries that we typically do cover, the lifespan of the Game Boy was stretched from 1989 to 2003. Uh, price of it at, the, at launch for Japan was 12,500 yen, $89.99 US dollars, or $69.99 in pounds. Worldwide units sold was 118.69 million units. This includes the Play It Loud edition, the Pocket edition, the Light, and the Color obviously developed and published by Nintendo, uh, with uh, some various launch titles along with the Game Boy as well. Uh, Crazily enough, North America would have the most launch titles uh, available to them right out of the gate. So games like Alleyway, Baseball, and Super Mario Land were available for all three regions at the launch of the Game Boy. Games like Tennis was only available in North America. Tetris was only available in North America and Europe. And a game called Yakuman was available in Japan. Uh, A little bit of an interesting fact with the Tetris thing, because I know some people are like, well, Tetris was a pack-in game for the Game Boy. Yes, it was. You are correct on that. However, it was released in, in, not in 1998, that's that's Tetris DX. Uh, It was released in Japan in the same year as a pack-in title, but not at the initial launch of the Game Boy. I don't know why DX is on here. Weird Nintendo DX. But yeah, so this game actually came out in June 14th of 1989. So about a couple months after the initial release of the Game Boy. So, yes, Tetris did come out for the Game Boy in 1989 in Japan, but it was not a launch title For the Game Boy itself. Although it did become a pack-in title. With the Game Boy. Eventually. So. (laughs) Just because Tetris was. The most popular game of the time. (laughs) Um, But yeah like I said. This is going to be a bit of a different uh, type of episode. Uh, We're just so busy right now. In our personal lives. Um, Mo is working again. And doing his own thing. I have taken more responsibilities at work and I've been focusing more on my health lately. Uh, Legs has been focusing on a lot of other projects with her friends. So our light episodes have been pretty lacking and kind of wondering. And even our main episodes are kind of been a little late coming out and we've just been, we've just been very busy and we've been trying to trying to fit this into our schedules all while trying to focus uh, just on real life in general right now. But um, with all that said, I wanted to take some time. I t- well, I took some time. I scanned through our list of episodes. And like I said, I saw the episode that we had of, like, who is Moolah? Who is EBC? You know, we, like, we have those episodes of getting, you know, like a bit of an insight on, like, us as a person uh, and not just a, a podcast personality. But we never really discussed the Game Boy, in our upbringing with it. I know Mo has talked a lot about his growing up with the Game Boy um, throughout the years and the many episodes that we've done. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners of this podcast are around mine, mine and Mo's age, you know, born in the 80s and 90s, and kind of grew up with it, or have some sort of connection or nostalgia um with seeing or hearing some of that old stuff from our childhood. But we also have listeners whose first handheld might have been the Nintendo DS or the 3DS. Or their first home console was a PS2. Um, and that's kind of the audience that this light episode is probably going to cater more towards. Because uh, in this episode, I wanted to kind of share... The retro experience uh with those that never had the chance to experience what life was like in the quote unquote retro times um this is all gonna be through my perspective. Everyone's lives are very different especially especially when they're children uh but I wanted to share some of my favorite memories and some of uh just some more background of like where I kind of come from and where the game boy kind of fits in with my life so with that we're going to take a big leap backwards about 30 plus years now so if Lake's gonna do a little whooshy sound a little I don't know, just to put it. Uh, <laughs> but we don't want to go too far back because in 1989 I was two years old. Uh, a, I'm not gonna remember anything when I'm two, and b, I'm probably not gonna be playing a Game Boy when I'm two. Um, so we're gonna stop the clock at 1991, where I'm four or five years old at this point. So, um, kind of at this point, I have memories. I remember, I very much vividly remember my childhood, which is a blessing and a curse all at the same time. But it's 1991 and we are diving into the world of video games. If if you are diving into the world of video games, Nintendo is where you're going to want to be. Nintendo was everywhere. Whether it was watches, posters, TV shows, movies, <laughs> um, comics, you name it nintendo probably had its name on it or was somehow involved in a product similar to that um nintendo mario zelda yo like they were everywhere it was a huge pop culture thing um if you're playing video video if you're playing videos if you're playing video games at this time Chances are you are playing the NES. You are playing the OG Nintendo Entertainment System, where you're probably either playing games like Super Mario Brothers, you're playing Legend of Zelda, Contra, Castlevania. If you're one of the weird ones, you're playing Crystalis or... <laughs> um, but a lot of times, like, when you're playing the games, like, you you have friends over as well, too. So, like, if you're playing Super Mario Bros. 1, you know, like, you're racing to get through World 8, you know, and save Princess Peach from Bowser. Or you're putting in the, you know, the quote-unquote infinite lives cheat code into Contra uh, to co-op through Contra to blast anything that's coming across your screen. Um, the 80s and 90s was all about action, and it was all about Nintendo. If you watched the Terminator, you wanted to play the Terminator. If you watched Rambo, you played a game that was named Rambo. Um, because the game Rambo for the NES is not Rambo. Um, unfortunately, though, there's a few things that would prohibit you from playing the NES. Uh, one was, was your homework done? So if you're old, if you're at that point in your life where you had homework from school, you had to make sure it was done. And two was anyone watching the TV. So I grew up in a household where the TV was pretty much on all day and most of the night. And I grew up in a household where we only had one TV for the most part. Um... My parents and I watched a lot of TV. My my mother watched a lot of soap operas during the day. Uh, I watched a lot of movies. Uh, I didn't care for much like the TV shows. I like, I watched my Saturday morning cartoons. I watched my Turtles. I watched my GI Joes. I watched my Thundercats. My term, my my uh, my um, Transformers, whatever. But I dominantly watched movies growing up um so last action hero terminate the terminators the Rambos the Rockies um I I that's that was more of my thing um so with that growing up like I had I had an NES I had a few games and the, one of the more notable games I had for the NES was the make was Mega Man 3 which Mo and I've talked about quite a bit uh, Mega Man 3 is still to this day my favorite n e s game is the n e s game i probably have the most memories with as it was the first n e s game i ever beaten um i still have my original mega man three copy from from when i was a kid uh it's a very special game for me but um like we had other games i remember watching i remember watching uh my mom play the play the n e s for just hours on end and she would she would play Mega Man 3. she'd play black bass fishing, she'd play Kings Kings of the Beach. It's a volleyball game. Uh, but I was just enthralled by you know, colors, the movement, the sounds. and I remember some games would literally get, give me shivers or like give me nightmares. Um, one game in particular was punch out. Um, I had a really hard time playing and watching punch out. Because every time you would lose, you'd hear that ding 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 ding, and then you'd hear that boom boom boo like that shitty noise, and then like the the enemy would make a sound effect. And the one that sticks out the most is soda pop. Soda poppin would would do his little feet shuffle, his and then ha 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 ha, and then like laugh at you. And it was like it's still to this day, and I'm 35 years old, soon to be 36. Like that shit still gives me the 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 heebie-jeebies when I have to listen to it because I lost a soda pop. But um. But I me- I remember I remember these very very vividly. I was sitting you know, cross legged on the floor or slaying on your stomach on the floor, and then we all we had two controllers. For the rare times I would actually play the game with my mother, um, controller one or player one always had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Band-Aid wrapped around it. And it still has that Band-Aid wrapped around it to this day. Uh, that was how we always indicated which controller was plugged into slot one because the c- cables, the controller cables would always get tangled up. There was no really no such thing as wireless controllers back then. Uh, there are exceptions. <laughs> but for the most part, there wasn't uh, wireless controllers then so but a large part of my any my nes playing was at friends house um mostly because like my childhood wasn't great uh it was not unicorns or rainbows i often try to stay away from my house and my parents as much as i physically could um but you know we would i would talk to my friends waiting for the bus and then the you know in the mornings or on the playground or in between classes you know, we, you know wherever we were hanging out we'd always talk to each other, and you know we'd go to each other's you know we'd go to each other's houses we played we play the NES games that we had, and then when we get kicked out of the house we would take the said game go over to the friend's house pop it in, you know play through it again or do whatever we were doing, uh you know so like if I was on the if I was at the bus stop and I have and I was playing. Contra And I was hyping up Contra. My friend never played it. He's like, are you coming over today? Yeah, bring Contra. All right, bring Contra over. We sit there and play Contra for hours on end. Um, until you get to the point where, like, you bang your head against something because you keep dying, gaming over, and you have to go outside and release some, re- release some of that steam. Um, and as kids of the 80s and 90s, we we lived outside. Um, so, uh, keeping us inside on a nice day was pretty impossible. So a lot of times when we played NES too, it was like, there's a rainy, dreary day or, or it was just too hot to go outside. We definitely have had days like that. Um, but still to this day, one of the most frustrating games that even at 35 years old, I cannot beat. And it frustrates me beyond just beyond normal capacity is Mission Impossible for the NES. It's based off of the old TV show. And if you've ever played Mission Impossible NES, I would love to hear your experience with that game because, God, that game even still to this day is brutally difficult. (laughs) Um... But uh, so, but after a while, you know, uh, you know, after a while, you're playing NES at your friend's place, you're drinking the little juices that came in, like those little barrel containers with a foil top. It might not be a European thing, but if you're from America around that time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They came in red, blue, and I think green flavor. <laughs> um, you're typically eating some sort of snack, whether it's like chips, it's, it's probably chips. Or, you know, uh, if, if you had a pretty bougie friend, it might be, like, Dunkaroos or Oreos or something. Um, but I remember one morning, you know, going to the bus stop. And typically, if we're going to the bus stop, like, there's no video games, obviously. So, like, we're all kind of just, like, doing just dumb stuff. Like, we're either sitting on the concrete, like, reading a comic book or we're playing tag we're running around we're just doing something because the bus stop was just long and tedious and dumb but i remember one morning um i walked out to the bus stop and i see a bunch of kids like huddle around each other and i was like oh what's going on And you know, a lot of my friends so i hurry up and run, i hurry up and run and run across the street and one of my friends got a Game Boy. It's like, oh, my God. Things we've seen on the TV for months, you know. My friend has one. So, I was like, oh, holy, holy shit. Like, you have a Game Boy, and he's playing Super Mario Land 1. So, we're all, and we're all familiar with Mario. Like, oh, my God, he's playing Mario, you know. On, you know, on the Game Boy. You know, we're getting on the, you know, where. We're just hyping up on We're trying to like huddle around this tiny screen, but still give him enough light so he can see the screen. Cause the Game Boy wasn't backlit at all. So you had to have some sort of light beaming onto the screen so you can see what the heck was going on. And uh he had the sound up, you can hear all the sound effects. It was it was like heaven at the bus station. Or at the bus stop, rather. And um we got on the bus, and it was a decently long bus ride. It was like a it was like a 10 to 15 minute bus ride. and we we, we get we had it to the point where after a while he started sharing his Game boy where every time someone would die, we'd pass the game boy to somebody. So there was a group of like four of us. So like when I would die on stage two one, I'd pass the game boy over. They would go until they die. We passed the Game Boy over, and it was just, it was just like that. And that's just how that's how things were. And I just remember just the idea of playing video games outside, you know, on the go, just being portable with a video game was just mind blowing. Because I remember watching the commercials. Some of the earliest commercials I can remember was. Um, uh there's one in particular where there's a bunch of kids. Like the commercial is a super chaotic to begin with, but there's a bunch of kids. One of them's like cracking an egg into a bowl. The other kids in the background are just screaming about like a high score and an in, in, in alley in an uh, alleyway and this and that, and whatever. And then they go to like a basketball court and the kids are still screaming. It's just it is just pure chaos um of what's happening. And I remember another commercial, was a Simpsons commercial, because at the time, Simpsons was insanely popular, especially Bart. Um, and it was a Simpsons commercial where Bart was playing Bart versus Space Mutants on the NES, which, rough game, uh, kind of fun, but rough. And then he pops in Bart vs. The World, and that's when Homer comes in, grabs him by the neck, throws him outside, and tells him to mow the lawn. And then Bart's like, yeah, right, pulls out his Game Boy and starts playing Camp Deadly. Uh, then Homer takes the Game Boy away. And you know, I was just like, man, like imagine being able to play video games outside because, A, we love being outside, and, B, we love Nintendo. So now that my friend has a Game Boy, there is no reason for us to ever step foot in the house again unless it's maybe to go to the restroom. Because if we want to drink, we're just going to drink water from the hose and call it a day. So, uh. So, like, and, we, and when we hung out outside, like, we would hang out in, like, tree forts or we'd be riding our bikes places or we'd be just doing just dumb things that we probably shouldn't be doing. But we're kids and we don't ha- and our parents don't have ways to track us because there's not really cameras uh, everywhere at that time. So. We had a lot of freedom in the eight in the eighties and nineties. So, (laughs) so we're like, Oh, you know, we don't have to go outside and play video games. We can sit in a tree fort and we can play super Mario land. I think he had Tetris as well too. He had a few other games along with it. I remember we would sit out there for hours and just play to the point where like it would start to get like dusk outside. So it was hard to see anything. And we would always try and figure out like ways to like shimmy light into like the treehouse. because there's no electricity outside where we are. So we'd always try to like figure out how to get like flashlights or like sneak flashlights out of our houses and things like that, just so we can keep playing the Game Boy in the tree fort. And uh we'd always take turns, like if you die you do this, or if you beat World One, you gotta hand over the Game Boy. Um yeah, it was just it was just like a, a, a fantastic, just a phenomenal, uh, just a phenomenal like this thing to have, uh, a luxury one would call it. But uh, so a bit more about my growing up because this is going to lead into how I get my Game Boy. So I grew up on the very east side of Ohio. I grew up south of a city called Youngstown, Ohio. Um, I literally grew up on the Ohio River. And every summer, my dad would take us on a stupidly long road trip to Wisconsin where my grandparents or his parents live. And mind you, this is about a 15-hour drive because we got to stop for food and gas and things, things like that. It's an incredibly boring drive because you're on the turnpike the entire time and it's just road and trees. The only time you get to see a city is when you hit Chicago. Um, So as a kid, like I'm sitting in a car for a long time. I'm reading comic books. I'm rereading comic books. And as a kid, even as an adult, I have a really hard time sitting still. Uh, I hate it. It annoys me. It hurts my legs. I just, I don't like sitting still. And even as as a kid, especially the age of four or five, even younger, I'm going to drive my parents just crazy. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like singing. I'm going to be whistling. I'm going to be making weird noises. I'm going to be asking if we're there yet. I am just going to drive my parents to the point of them hating me and probably wanting to drop me off on the side of the road. So... I remember one summer. This was the faithful summer, July seventeenth, nineteen ninety-one. Um, I would be turning four years old, five years old, five. Yeah, no, five years old. And I get a pre. I still remember the birthday party. Crazy enough, I still remember the birthday party very vividly, because uh, at the time we were living in a trailer, and uh, the trailer had this kind of like bar area where we had hanging baskets, which is where the f- the very rare times we'd have fruit would be in the baskets. Typically. The baskets held dumb, dumb stuff like a wallet or like paper or mail or just whatever we threw up there. Uh, but the rare occasions it would have fruit. And uh, I remember I remember waking up, going to the, the bar thingy, and I, I remember seeing my birthday cake. My birthday cake was a Raphael birthday cake. It was shaped like the turtle. And it said, happy birthday, Tony. I have the Polaroid of it somewhere in my apartment. Um, and I remember being so, because I was like, oh, holy shit, Raphael uh, birthday cake? This is sick. Like, I was already excited about the birthday cake. Um, and I'm, well, I don't typically get excited for my birthdays. I've never been one to get excited for birthdays. Uh, typically they, my, my family never really celebrated my birthday growing up. Uh, so even still to this day, people ask me like, what are you doing for your birthday? I'm like, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do the same thing I do the other 365 days of the year. (laughs) Um, this is something I don't, I don't think about. Uh, and it's something I just never thought about. Um, but for some reason this, I don't, I don't know why this birthday was a, was a, quote, unquote, special birthday. Uh, I mean, every year they would give me a birthday cake. But, like, yeah, it would be, like, a two-hour thing, and it would be done. Uh, but this this year, it was, a, it was different. It was all day. And we had people over, uh, which was another rare thing to have. Because, like, for me, like, for my birthday parties, it was just typically me, mom, and dad, maybe mom's side, grandparents. Maybe. But typically it's just me, Mom and dad um so the fact that like I had like Grandma and pap over, mom and dad, I think uh one of my aunts was with us at the time, like we had people over for this, I was like, oh holy okay like this it was weird and I remember I got handed a pros square present, and it was uh I forgot what the wrapping paper was, but it was nicely wrapped. And I remember I tore one of the corners off on it, and it was that nice red logo that every kid my age wanted to see. It was the red oval that said Nintendo in it. I was like, oh my god! The first thing that pops in my head: I got a new game. I got a new NES game. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, this could be Donkey Kong. This could be. This could be Operation C. This could be. You know, I'm just like, I'm running through the possibilities of games. It could be, you know, that I've seen on the TV or I've seen it, the the Kmart, you know, know, wherever I've seen games. I'm like, oh, this could be this, could be this, could be this. And um, so, like, my heart is pumping at this point. My heart is going 1,000 miles an hour. I see Nintendo at five years old. I am, I am ready to go. So, I shred this paper off this thing. And I see it in big blue font Game Boy. And it wasn't the Packing Game Boy. It was the Game Boy with the the, the pink like cross hatch background and stuff like that. So it was just the Game Boy. And I was like, oh my god, I have a Game Boy. I am like I am screaming. I am jumping up and down. Like if if like I'm probably running through the, the trailer at this point, too. Like, I am just, I am on cloud nine. I have a Game Boy. Which is something I never thought I would get. Just because, like, we never had money growing up. Like, my, my family was pretty, we are were, we we're very, very tight on money when I was growing up. So, like, the, the thought of me having a Game Boy prior to my birthday was just, like, it's never going to happen. But at least I have a friend that has one that I can play. But uh, my fifth birthday, I get a Game Boy. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing! And then, it's like, I'm I'm I've, I'm losing my shit. And then they hand me another another present. It was another square present. I was like, oh my god, what, what can you know? I'm in my hand. Like, it's an NES game. It's Operation C. It's you know, it's whatever, whatever, whatever. And I and I didn't even he- hesitate on this one. I just. Rampage the brand, the the paper right off of it, and it was probably the fastest I've ever unwrapped a present. And it was a game for the Game Boy, and it was Balloon Kid. So if you ever listen to the light episode of Balloon Kid, Balloon Kid has always had a very special place in my heart because Balloon Kid is the first Game Boy game I ever owned. Um, so Balloon Kid will always and forever Have a special place in my heart Uh, it may not be the greatest game In the world, but it is a pretty Damn good game So I have Balloon Kid, I'm like, oh my God, you know, so I'm like I'm pretty sure I tore The box open, like I'm pretty sure I didn't like gently lift The flap up, I'm pretty sure I ripped that box open um, I still have the manual for Balloon Kid, though, oddly enough. Um, the OG, like, my old manual. Like, I somehow kept it. Um, but I know I, know I don't have the box anymore. And I remember I, like, took the game. Like, oh, these games are so small. Like, They're cool? And I'm like, I've never heard of Balloon Kid before. But, you know, the girl's about to get eaten by a fish and there's fire in the background. I bet this game is badass. And, um... And, like, I put it in, and I'm just, like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, my God, I have a Game Boy with a game. Like, this is sick. And then they hand me one more package. And in my head, I'm just like, oh, my God. There's a smaller, it's a smaller box. I'm like, this can only be one thing. And I look over, I'm like, batteries, batteries, batteries? Sure enough, I rip open the packaging batteries. And they aren't, they're not the cheap batteries that last, like, two hours. These were Energizers, so... Someone someone splurged on the good stuff and I had energizer batteries for my game boy I was like, oh my god And I went I popped in those four those four double A's into the back of my game boy I put balloon kid in I ran to our shitty gross gray looking couch and I sat there and I played game boy for hours um, I didn't beat Balloon Kid at all that day, but I played the shit out of it, <laughs> and uh, that was probably still to this day, 30 years later, uh, the best birthday I think I've ever had. Um, And then I got, you know, I had to get up, I had to blow the candles out of my Raphael birthday cake. And uh, I remember some other notable presents I got that year was Skippo. I'm a big fan of card games, uh, which is going to play a big role in this story much later on. But I'm a big fan of card games. I like games like Skippo and Uno and things like that. So I got Skippo and Uno and a deck of cards for my birthday that year as well, too. because I, I really enjoyed cards. I still do. But the, the big, the, the the spotlight, though, was was the Game Boy. And, uh, man, I was just ecstatic. So, you know, for the next few years, we'd go on road trips, and we'd always have to make sure we buy a pack of batteries, you know. That way I uh, didn't drive my parents up a wall whenever we were doing any type of long drives. And I took my Game Boy everywhere. I they actually I uh, I eventually got a carrying case for it. Um, my grandparents on my mom's side eventually bought me a black Game Boy bag. Uh, that can, cause I took my Game Boy everywhere with me. I took it out to a friends' house. I took it to school. I whenever we would go on like if it, if the drive was longer than like twenty minutes, I take it with us on the drive. I took it everywhere. And uh so I get to the point where I, my grandparents just bought me a, a Game Boy black like travel bag and I I I know I still have it here somewhere, but I don't a hundred percent know where where it's at. I would love to see the wear and tear on it though. <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, I I mean, I, t- I took it everywhere. I played it all the time. And I only played it, and I, I only had two games uh that I can recall. Uh and It was Tetris, and it was Balloon Kid. Uh, I didn't get Mario Land 1 or anything like that until much later into the Game Boy, my Game Boy ownership. Um... Like, after a while, like, I would start getting an allowance because I was growing up. So, like, once I was, like, six or seven, I would start getting an allowance for, like, taking out trash, washing dishes, doing whatever. And I would, uh, we would go to the flea market uh, once a month. And the flea market was, like, an hour, hour and a half drive away. But we would go to the flea market once a month, and there was always a table that sold video games. And I would always take my allowance and I would go and buy various video games from the table. Um, And mind you, like at the time, you would buy video games for pennies of the dollar. I remember I bought... This is going to make a lot of people mad. I bought The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time gold cart. So the collector's edition cart for a dollar at a flea market. Back in nineteen ninety back in like what nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, um, that's just how it was. Like games were not really, like people had them, but like no one knew the worth of them. So I remember I I bought games like Super Mario Land for like twenty five cents. I bought Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening for like fifty cents, things like that. So. Um. So let you know as you know time progressed like I would use my allowance to buy some Game Boy games. But um, I did, yeah at the start I had Balloon Kid and Tetris, and I as a kid really didn't play Tetris all that much. That was more for mom and dad because uh, they were obsessed with that game. But with that, we're gonna take a quick short break because uh, it's been forty minutes already. Uh, and we're going to dive into the second half of my Game Boy ownership. This is where things really kind of turn up the heat, so stay tuned. welcome back everyone so yeah like i said um eventually over time i would build up my my game boy library uh nothing to what it is today but uh you know i had games to choose from at that point i had mario land 3 i had mario land uh i had uh, godzilla Like i had games to choose from but uh like we're fast forwarding here and like the games are good but like And I would still take the Game Boy on road trips or, like, really long drives. But it's getting to the point where, like, I'm growing older. My priorities are shifting. My interests are shifting. And we're hitting a time where, like, it's just not Nintendo anymore. It's now, like, it's Nintendo. It's Sega. Atari is trying to come back. There's this thing called a PlayStation that's being rumored in magazines. Uh, Tiger electronics, like these like $20 handheld things like on the end caps of the toy aisle. Uh, technology was just moving and so was I. So the Game Boy, my Game Boy play like, pretty dormant uh, for, a, for a while. Um, that is until 1998, 1999. So by this time in my life, childhood, uh, I'm a very different kid as well. Uh, my parents, my parents were are, my parents are divorced. They divorced when I was ten, uh, so that would have been 1997. Uh, so, and I live with my dad. My grandparents, for the most part, are raising me. I'm still a little high at the time, so my grandparents are my mom's parents. Uh, they're basically raising me because the old man's working multiple jobs to try and make ends meet for us. And again, just my priorities as a kid have shifted me and my friends uh, the nice way of putting it is me and my friends were the kids that your parents would tell you to stay away from uh, we we were the troublemakers so to speak um, we we grew up on the wrong side of the railroad tracks if uh if if people understand what that saying means um. But uh video games at this point were just not top of mind for me, although I did still play them. Um this is a period where I got really into wrestling. So I'm talking like WCW, WWF, Attitude Era. Uh Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, Sting, Goldberg. Like, I was hellbent into wrestling. Uh, if wrestling was on, I was watching it. If I couldn't watch wrestling, I found ways to watch wrestling. Um, every Monday night, I'd flip between TNT to watch WCW, and I would flip to USA to watch WWF. On Sunday night, I'd watch Sunday Night Heat and the WWF, and then Saturday mornings, I would watch the The Recap. I forgot what they called it. It was like... WWF like Superstars or something like that. It was on really early in the morning. It was a recap of the week of what happened. And uh then eventually Thursdays would be WWF SmackDown. So I watched the shit out of wrestling growing up. Um So logically, it just made sense that I would play wrestling games as well. So dominantly my 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 video game playing was Sports and wrestling games. So I was getting really into sports this time too. Uh, I was playing football, basketball, baseball. Um, I was just a very active kid, and uh, and so of course you know so of course the games even now to this day have a lot of nostalgia for me. So like whenever I play like WWF No Mercy or WrestleMania two thousand or uh, if you guys caught my stream a few weeks ago, where we were playing SmackDown two on the or SmackDown one or SmackDown two on the PlayStation one, um, like you saw a lot of just nostalgia in the stream. Like I was like, oh my god, like I forgot all about this wrestler. You know, this person's here now in life, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, wrestling games still to this day bring me a ton of nostalgia, even. Even the newer wrestling games, if they have modes for, like, for instance, WWE 13 has an Attitude Era mode. Uh, just playing that just brings so much memories. Because it's like, walk well, Mankind off the hell in a cell. You know, Undertaker choke slams Rikishi off the hell in a cell into the back of the truck. You know, Mankind wins his first WWE uh, title. And... Degeneration X is coming through, and like there's just so many memories that gets jostled. I remember like me and my friends, we'd always do the create a wrestler, and uh, we'd create a wrestler, wrestle each other in the game, and we'd get mad at each other. Then we'd stun each other in real life, or rock bottom each other in real life onto onto a bed or something so we didn't get hurt. Um, this wrestling had a lot of. I have a lot of memories and nostalgia with this wrestling in general. But games like Mario, Zelda, Metroid, like those games were just not an interest for me anymore. Um, although I would play Ocarina of Time, I, I would still play the games. They just were not a focus for me. Uh, I like me and my friend group we wanted raw action. We wanted suggestive themes. Like we were growing up, and we wanted to feel grown up. Um, I remember one day, um, one day during recess, it was raining outside, so we didn't go out. We weren't allowed to go outside. Um, I saw some kids pull out like this, like so we call them a pencil box or a pencil case. I don't know what they, I don't know what they're called anymore. But it was, it's like a little plastic box. It's I don't know, maybe eight inches long by about five inches. Wide and about two or three inches deep. And there's a little plastic flap on the front that you, you unhook and you can lift it up and typically it's where you store your pencils, your razors, your pens and stuff like that. But we had a couple kids in class that had these. They pop, they pull them out and open them up, and uh they had toys and cards and stuff inside of them. Now, mind you, so, like, we had a few kids in class that were very much into uh, Japanese media, or just Asian media in general. So, like, the old, like, Toho Godzilla stuff, or uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Doramon, things like that. Uh, and, again, mind you, like, this is 1998, 1999. The internet is still very much in its infancy. And finding Japanese media in America, especially where I lived in America, was incredibly difficult. Um, so I remember going over and just curiosity because this is how, how I live life, you know, by, by curiosity. And uh, I remember seeing cards, like playing cards. With cartoon characters on them, some of them being matte, some of them being shiny, some of them having this super cool looking artwork on them, um, numbers, symbols, like there's a bunch of stuff on them. And I, I remember I, I, I asked them, I was like, like what what game is this? And they go, oh, it's not a game, we're trading cards. And I'm just like, what? Uh, like it was a foreign concept to me. Uh, like po- like I grew up with pogs, but like I kind of grew up on like the tail end of pogs. So like I never traded pogs. I played pogs, but I never like traded them. I never got really into pogs because I, I, like I said, I grew up on the tail end of of it. Um. So like they're like they're they trading cards. I I didn't understand what that meant. So like they were physically swapping cards. Like one person had an extra of this card, and they would trade it for whatever card this other person had. And it it just didn't make sense to me. So I was like, "Oh, what are these numbers and stuff?" mean? like, "Oh, this is how much damage this card can do." I was like, "Oh, so it's a game?" They're like, "Yeah, it can be, but we just sit there and we trade them." I'm like, okay. Like I just didn't understand it, but I loved the art of the cards. I thought the art on the cards were was absolutely just phenomenal. And um, and I was I was intrigued still, uh. So I kept asking questions, and one of the kids eventually just gave me a Bulbasaur card and told me to go away, uh. Because I was just annoying because I was curious about this thing, now I was just an, an I was just annoying them, and they said, "I'll give you this card if you go away." And it was it was a Bulbasaur card. I'll never forget it. Um, I used to still have until I recently got rid of all my Pokemon cards, um. But I remember, so I had this Bulbasaur card, and I didn't think much of it. But it looked cool. I I liked the I liked the artwork, and I kept it on my desk at home. And I remember one morning I woke up early enough to catch cartoons, mind you, 1998, ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. I'm I'm eleven or twelve years old. Um, mm. I I I sleep till noon at this point. <laughs> um, I sleep I sleep till noon at around this point uh in my in my growing up life and i uh i went Grabbed a bowl of cereal whatever it may have been um and went to go watch tv and i remember i remember it playing as day it was a com- it was some sort of commercial i forgot what the commercial was but when the commercial turned off it was that loud guitar riff the boom and then then the drum, the bum, bum dun, bum dum. I was like, oh what the hell is this? Like super catchy theme of a cartoon I've never seen before with crazy vibrant colors. So I'm like, okay. Like I haven't i I've never seen this. Like, what's going on here? And then um after a few after a few seconds, you know, it hits the it hits the the power that's inside the Pokemon. I'm like, okay, well, I'm watching a Pokemon cartoon. So I <laughs> put two and two together eventually. I'm like, okay, well, Pokemon is a cartoon that has a card game based after, after it. I'm like, all right, it's interesting. So I sat there and watched the cartoon. I forgot what episode it was. But I remember not being very impressed with the cartoon at all. I liked the intro, but I thought the cartoon as a whole was pretty meh. Um, it was nothing worth waking up for. It was no Yu-Gi-Oh! Let's just put it that way. Um, because I'm a bigger fan of Yu-Gi-Oh! than Pokemon. But, uh, but as, as time went on, Pokemon started becoming more and more popular. So more and more kids at the school had these these cards, and they would talk about the cartoon, they would talk about, they would talk about the Pokemon as if, they're like, a real thing. They would have little toys and keychains. that would hang from their backpacks. Um, it was just, it was, it was a thing, and I am a sucker for things. So I remember, I bu- I used my allowance money, and I bought a pack of Pokemon cards. And this pack had Charizard on the front of it because Charizard was the most badass looking of the po- of the three starting Pokemon. And. I open it up and I I felt, I don't know how to describe the feeling, but I I felt like this is, this is fun. Because like, although they're just little pieces of cardboard, I'm like, this is really cool because they have little numbers on them out of like whatever. So like 23 out of like 210. So you had the quote unquote catch them all sense. And I remember, like, looking through them all, like, I got, like, a Pikachu, and I was looking at it, I'm like, well, that thing is kind of dumb looking, but, like, it's kind of cool at the same time, because it's yellow, has some lightning bolts on it, and I remember I got, like, a Rattata, and stuff like that. Then I get to my holographic, my shiny card, and I got a Machamp, and I was like, dude, this thing looks sick four giant bicep arms the guy look the thing the thing just looks mean in general i'm like dude this thing is a badass like this is probably the greatest card to ever exist and uh at that point i was hooked on the pokemon cards that one pack alone hooked me on the card aspect of pokemon so I remember I would spend my allowance on Pokemon cards, all the time. Uh, it was it was a it was a problem. <laughs> um, if rehab existed back then for Pokemon cards, I needed I would have needed to go to Pokemon card rehab. Uh, it was bad, and, uh, and then I got into the Pokemon card trading and this and that, whatever. I even eventually learned how to play the Pokemon card game. Uh it was it was it was a it was a ride. It was it was a thrill. Cause like you never knew where you were gonna get in the pack. You might get a duplicate or you might get you might get some badass card and you're was like, Oh my god, this is so cool. And um, and we had a card shop in town where if you opened your pack if you bought your pack, opened your pack in the card shop and pulled a and pulled a rare card, you got your name on the on the wall. Like so and so pulled out a charizard so and so pulled out a lapras so and so pulled out a you know whatever it may man been. like you got your name on the wall so like big deal um but it was so like i was hooked on pokemon cards from that one pack i was hooked so i was like all right i i get the pokemon card aesthetic now uh like i said i just recently sold all of my Pokemon cards. All of my first generation Pokemon cards. Um, and I had a ton of them. More than I thought, actually. So uh, I thought I'd give the cartoon another shot. You know, I was like, you know what? I, get th- I understand the cards now. Let's see if I can understand the cartoon. So I gave the cartoon another shot. And I remember the episode that I watched. It was the episode where Ash was fighting Misty for the Cascade Badge. And Ash had a butterfree out against Misty Star Staru Star yeah Staru, the unevolved version of the starfish Pokemon. And uh, I watched it. And I was like, I still don't like the cartoon. Even to this day, I still don't like the cartoon. <laughs> I think the cartoon is extremely mediocre. Um, I just I am just not a fan of the cartoon, but. I remember the commercial during said episode and this was the first time I've ever seen or this would be the first time I would learn that there is a Pokemon game. Uh, The commercial was Pikachu climbing onto a bus that was already full of Pokemon and the bus driver drives like a maniac to a back alley and smashes the bus into a blue Game Boy Pocket. And the commercial was like, you too can catch them all. Buy the packs today and you can collect all 150. And it showed Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue next to the Game Boy. And I was like, holy shit. There is a Pokemon game. And and my my first initial thoughts, because it didn't show any gameplay, my first initial thoughts was, the Pokemon trading card game is on the Game Boy. Like, I don't have to buy cards anymore. I can buy the game and play the cards on the game. Like, holy hell, this could be huge. <laughs> Needless to say, that was not the case. They do eventually come out with a trading card game for the Game Boy Color. But, um, but you know, so I was like, oh my god, like, I, I want it. You know, that was... The first time I was like, oh my god, like, I want this game. And it was a Game Boy game. So I was like, oh, okay. This is kind of sick. and But I didn't have any money. I, I kept spending my allowance on Game Boy game Or, or on Pokemon cards. So I didn't have any money. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's going to be a running theme. Me not having money. Especially as a kid. Um, but one of the kids, one of the Pokemon kids at school had had the games, a bunch of kids did, both red and blue so it would be the first time I would actually see a link cable being used on a Game Boy as well too I get to see uh, I get to see a link cable in used, I get to see kids fight each other's Pokemon trade Pokemon I get to see how the game actually is somewhat played so I made a deal with my, my dad I was like, hey if I can make the honor roll <clears throat> if I can make the honor roll, and mind you, I am not an honor roll student. <laughs> I am a B, I am a C average student. Um, but I, I do make the honor roll. I hold up my end. I make the honor roll. So yeah, I get Pokemon Red, and I played it for hours. I eventually caught every Pokemon you could catch in Pokemon Red. I even caught multiples of some of them so I can trade them with classmates. And you know, then we would talk about Mew, like, oh my god like you gotta go and move the truck on this island, and Mew was underneath the truck, and oh my god. Like it was the old feeling of talking about video games and glitches and just being a part of like the video game culture was back again. And, <clears throat> and like that feeling was there for a long, long time, you know, because Pokemon and and it was because of Pokemon that that brought it back, which was even which was crazy to think. Um, and a game that you know I'd I'd have a Game Boy in 1991, and then a game in 1998, 1999 would bring it bring it back full circle again. Um, but I I wouldn't get that feeling again from the Game Boy, unfortunately. Uh, cause Pokemon is one of the last games I, I ever got for the OG Game Boy growing up. Um as I grew older, the Game Boy would get tossed into a box with the games. And games like SmackDown versus or SmackDown, um any type of wrestling game, honestly in general, or any type of sports game like Madden, um basketball, whatever it may be. Took way more priority in terms of with video games than anything else, because that's just what I was more into. Um, my video game playing in general would just dwindle down to almost nothing. Uh, as I spent more time outside with friends and just outside in general. Um, because it got to the point where like, if we had a Game Boy with us, chances are I was probably going to get lost or broken. Because we are just doing really dumb stuff the older we got. Um, the older we got, the more reckless we were getting, so, uh, and our, and our, our interests were shifting, you know, we were getting to the point where we are teenagers, we were getting to that point where, you know, girls didn't have nasty cooties anymore, and, you know, just, things were, things were changing, but, uh, we always still had wrestling games to fall back to, and I still played the Game Boy, on road trips, because there was nothing else to do. <laughs> um, but uh, but then we, we fast forward, so 1999, so let's say 2000 to 2016. Uh, 2016 is when I picked up Game Boy uh, Adventure, where <clears throat> I started to rekindle the love of the Game Boy, because I was speedrunning Kirby's Dream Land. So I started speedrunning Kirby's Dream Land in 2015. 2015? 2014, 2015. I started speedrunning Kirby's Dream Land. And uh, I, I, I liked the game. I still liked the game to this day. Still still top top five Game Boy games for me. But I wanted to, you know, I was like, you know what? Like, what else is out there on the Game Boy? Like, what else, what else did I miss growing up? You know and that was when I came across Moolah, the game boy community, you know bagera um and I saw that they had lists of game of game boy games that they're playing through and 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 whatnot and I remember seeing some of the titles and I'm like, oh I, have, I still have that game in this site whatever and it got to the point I was like, you know what I really want like I wanna see what I missed out on. Because and because like I said, like I didn't have a, I didn't have money growing up, so I couldn't buy any game that I saw. Um I grew up in a time where like I just played outside nonstop. So video games sometimes just were not top priority for me. <coughs> um and some of the games we just didn't even know about because some of them didn't have commercials or like you look at the front cover, and it looked stupid, so you didn't want to play it. so in 2016 I picked up Game Boy Adventure and uh, I started playing through Game Boy games and we fast forward from 2016 to 2023 yeah we're in 2023 now I have played a total of let me look here I have played a total of I have played a total of two hundred and thirty eight Game Boy games. Um, so, you know, I'm nowhere near the level of you know, Grand Hero or Muela or anyone like that. But two hundred and thirty eight Game Boy games is nothing nothing to scoff at, and I don't regret playing them at all. Uh, even the, even the really crappy games that I did play, I'm actually happy that I played them because it gave me an experience it it showed me that not everything was was spectacular on the game boy there was some real real trash on that handheld uh and but there were also some really really cool games on the handheld that I missed out on and uh, I, I plan to keep playing more Game Boy games uh, pressing forward. Uh, and it's even, it's even cooler now is that in 2022, 2021, eh, we'll say 2020, COVID 2020 to now, like there's been so many new homebrew games for the Game Boy, like Dedius and Pine Creek and all of Green Boy's games like Shapeshifter 1 and 2 and... um. There's just been such an influx in homebrew Game Boy stuff that it's, it's actually kind of nostalgic to see, like a resur like a like a resurgence of Game Boy games, uh, coming to life for the Game Boy again. and it, And it's been it's been really fun because like even though I don't get to see my friends face to face like Mulla or Gran and Hero or Bengara, I get to talk to them in Discord as if we were hanging out every single day. It's so, like we sit there and we talk about the game, we hype up the game, we try to convince each other to play the game, we challenge each other, we talk about glitches that we find. Like it's, you know, it 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 definitely pulls back some of that old nostalgia from 1991 and 1999 uh, when playing the various Game Boy games. So, I'm excited about the future Of Game Boy or handheld in general. Whether it is through the Switch. Whether it is through. You know a FPGA emulator. Like Analog. Or Mister or something like that. I'm I'm always excited about. The future of old retro stuff. Because there's always going to be a want for it. There's always going to be an interest for it. Especially the generations that are coming up now. Like my generation really put forth Nintendo. Um, The generation after me really put forth Xbox and PlayStation. Um, So it's really exciting to see a lot of that stuff come back into fruition again between Xbox, PlayStation, Sega, Nintendo, Atari, etc. But uh, yeah, with that, we're going to take another quick break and then we'll do our sweet ass outro. So stay tuned. Alright, welcome back everybody. Sweet ass outro time. So yeah, uh, if you're wondering why my voice is probably a little tired, it's also 3.41 in the morning. Um, (laughs) I haven't slept yet, but I needed to get this light episode out. So, (laughs) um, we got some marathon stuff coming up here. So we got uh, summer games done quick, or games done quick in general. That is happening May 28th through June 4th. Um, I will be there I will not be running any games unfortunately I did not get any games into the event but uh, we do have some games and some people that we should 100 that we all should 100% check out um, let's see here so if you're into the GBA stuff uh, we have the Legend of Zelda: Four Swords Adventure being co-op ran between TGH and Amber uh, S- uh, Cyprian. Cyprian, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Uh, <laughs> is that only? That's the only handheld we got going on here. It might be the only handheld. That is the only handheld. It looks like pretty cool. Yeah, that's the only handheld. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. I submitted, I forgot what I submitted. I submitted uh, Ruby and Rusty, Red Bow, Shaq Fu, of course, and uh, Jazz Jackrabbit for the GBA. But uh, some runners to keep an eye out for, uh, obviously all the RGR runners. Congratulations to all those that did get in. Uh, we have L Rock and they're doing X Men Arcade, uh, co op with Metroid Master, uh, Gygus Blues and Crack Attack. Uh, two of my good friends are doing co op Wild Guns for the SNES. Um, oh, there's so many people, so many good runners. Uh, I would just say go, uh, go hop over to uh GamesDoneQuick.com and check out the game list and. See what games got in, all the runners. Um yeah, be a good time. Also, we have Retrothon 2023 happening April 23rd through April 30th. That schedule has been released, so definitely go check that out if you are in the RGL Discord or check it out on the Retro Gaming Live Twitter. Um I'll be doing Jazz JackRabbit Yeah, Jazz, Jackrabbit for the GBA. Um, But we have a a lot of of awesome games happening uh, that weekend, so definitely make sure, uh, or that week rather, to check it out. Uh, Looks like Enemy is starting the whole thing off with Final Fight, so you already know it's going to be a banger, especially since we have Final Fight 2 and 3 afterwards. And then uh, we have some more because we're getting into marathon season. Power Up with Pride has opened up uh, their run submissions. Uh, They will be, let's see here. Their marathon will be running from June 23rd. Yeah, okay. June 23rd to June 25th. So they'll be doing a weekend-long... Marathon, their submissions, like I said, are open right now. I don't know when they close I'm Trying to find that info Yeah, I don't see when the submissions close, but they do have the stuff open right now. So Go uh, go submit to that and go check that out if you uh, if you if you so wish um Other than that there are many many other more marathons happening around. It's hard to keep track of them also Twitter is gonna be your best friend for stuff like that. So go check Twitter. Go check Speedrunners. Go check Speedrun.com. Uh, they all kind of usually announce any type of major or big speedrun marathon happening. Um, beyond that, if you have any suggestions, feedback, or anything of the sort, uh, we would love to hear it. Uh, we we I know we've been quiet in Discord. I know we've been quiet in general lately. I guess she's been busy, but we will always make time to listen and talk to all of you. Um, if it wasn't for all of you, we wouldn't be doing this still to this day. Um, it's been it's been a blast, honestly, but uh, you can find me Blooded Candy on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Uh, you can find my sidekick mullah m-o-e-l-l-e-u-h on twitch twitter youtube instagram and you can find our awesome wonderful producer sprinting legs uh sprinting legs on twitch and twitter and legs on youtube and her project website www.sprintinglegs.com um we have a patreon so if you would like to be a patron uh, we do have tiers available uh, where it gives you sneak peeks to notes and bloopers and uh, premieres to what we call Haunt Hunters, which is a Let's Play series of Mo and I playing horror games. So if that's a thing uh, that you like, we do give premiere early access premieres to that. Um, special discount codes for the merch shop. Uh things like that, um, and you get a special access and Discord as well, too, so you can see and hear some things that uh, non-patrons uh, don't get to see or hear. If uh, subscription-based things aren't your thing since everything in this world is subscription-based and, and you use PayPal, sorry, car alarm just went off, <laughs> and you want to use PayPal, uh let one of the three of us know we want to thank you and reward you uh for supporting us and we can't tie PayPal into Discord, so we, we can't figure that out. So please let one of us know we want to thank you in, in some fashion. Um we know money's tight. Inflation, the world itself isn't a crazy place. That's fine. Listening to the podcast giving us five-star ratings, saying that EBC is probably the greatest podcast host ever, Grace the World, is more than enough support uh, to guess where we need to get to. The more listens we get, the more reviews that we get, the higher up we get onto podcast lists. Uh, and especially this being such a niche podcast like the Game Boy, it's actually pretty damn cool that you know we are where we are. Uh... Also, we're going to keep selling out. We do have a merch store. So if you do want a t-shirt, coffee cup, I'm trying to get Mo to approve some stickers uh, and whatever else. Um, We have a a merch shop. It's merch.thisisgameboy.com And you can find all that information along with our social media links on thisisgameboy.com So with all of that said... The next time you hear from me, I will be with Mullah. We will be talking about Super Mario Land 3, Wario Land. And uh Yeah. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of your weekend, week, night, month. Until the next time we talk. <laughs> uh and like I said, very different episode than than typical, but uh it's fun to do these, especially since we all have very different experiences with with the Game Boy and retro gaming in general. But uh, yeah, until next time. Thank you all for listening. Ta-ta. See, these are things that lags just cuts.